What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Just sitting on your front porch Wondering how could I be so far from my home And my mind is somewhere else But when I oh. find it, I'll patch up where Good it's Good to be back Got that break Got that break And I hope you're having a wonderful time wherever you are And I'm coming to you out here from Perth P-E-R-T-H in Western Australia. And I'm out here on the banks of the Indian Ocean, not far from the Tasmanian Sea and south of the Timor and Banda Seas. And I am, um, I'm happy to be here. And I, uh, I hope you're having a good day. I don't have a lot of intro music or sweet dangles or anything like that. You know, I don't have a lot of those ear bells or fancy cat whispers to kind of get us just easing into the deal today. But I'm happy to be here with you, and I'm grateful. Uh, man, I'm just, what's going on, man? I'm out here, dude. I, um, we took last week off, and I went to a... Bali. I went to a country called Bali for a little vacation to kind of chill out and um and just just not have to do some stuff, not have to do anything. You know, these days we have we have so many things that we have to do. You know, email, text, text message, listen to people, regular conversation, look at something, close our eyes, put on a hat brush our teeth, put on clothes, eat something. It never ends, you know? Buy someone a gift. It never ends. So to be able to have a little bit of time where some of those things I could just take off of the plate and just have nothing on my plate and just be on a on just a full life diet as far as responsibilities go like a responsibility diet. It was nice. And I went, I'll just tell you where, you know, what I did. I hope you're doing good. You know, I hope things in your world are, are nice. I hope you got a little bit of milk in the fridge. And I hope you got a little bit of candy in your pocket, a sweet candy. Maybe a um, cinnamon barrel. You know, at some point, in time, I don't remember when it was really, but they started, they made candy in the special shapes, a little cannon. You could get you a little uh, liquor, a little cannon. Licorice used to come shaped like a little, like a little cannon or a gun. Get a little licorice gun. Or, or you could get a uh, root beer barrel. Root beer came in a little, like a wooden, shape like a wooden barrel. You know, where they had a, um, they had these little, uh, 
canaries. They had a little kind of lemon canary candy. I remember when I was young, and you get your little, little, you know, little handful of them lemon canaries, and just start a damn aviary, start a damn, you know, start a damn, uh, you know, like a little bird sanctuary in, in your mouth. But what was I talking about? Oh, I'll tell you this. So, so I took the vacation and I went to Bali, Indonesia. And look, to be honest, man, I'd never heard of it. People said Bali, you know, I thought it was somebody who mispronounced that place, uh, Bali's Fitness, Bali's 24-hour fitness facility. And you go into a 24-hour fitness joint, that shit, you know, it can be real. Some people consider fitness different things. You go in there 2 a.m., they got a dude in there, you know, when he's using the treadmill and he's got it going really fast, but he's in there uh, polishing rare, rare gems and stones on it. You're like, well, damn, that's, but to him, that's fitness. You know, he leaves out of there in the morning with a pocket of, of, of sweet rubies and he's going to trade that batch off for something special. You go to any time fitness at around maybe 10 a.m. or 10 p.m., you might have a brother in there. He'll take a lady on a date there. I've been at a, a 24-hour anytime snap, you know, fitness, Bally's, and they have, you'll see, you know, you have a dude in there, a brother take a lady on a date in there. He'll be in there. He'll have a couple, you know. He got two dates. One guy I saw. This dude named Jermaine, uh, he had two. He had one lady over there on the um, treadmill, and he had another lady he was doing on the leg press, and he was going back and forth. And he's trying to, you know, this dude's two time, and meanwhile, this the whole thing's a damn date. He's got these ladies out on a date, and he's you know running them back and forth. Got a little, you know, got some wine in his squirt bottle, and he's winding them up, and you know, and and getting their calories off of them at the same time, and he's. So you just never know when you get into a fitness place like that. But what am I talking about, man? I think I'm rusty. I think I'm rusty. So today's episode is also brought to you by Comedy Central has your new favorite podcast, and it's called Stand Up with Chris Stefano. Every week, Christopher Stefano, who's a friend of mine and who was on, on here, he, will, uh, he and his producer will be listening to and discussing some of the greatest stand-up of all time, from classic bits out of Comedy Central's library to jokes from today's hottest up-and-coming comedians. They'll unpack their favorite bits, discuss the comedy scene, call up other comedians, and generally get into everything comedy. And hey, since they record at Comedy Central's headquarters in New York City, you never know who might drop in. Imagine listening to an expertly curated playlist with jokes from John Mulaney and Hannibal Burris, or even better, Maria Bamford and Mitch Hedberg. It's basically two podcasts for the price of one, completely free. And there's no podcast out there that's anything like it. Subscribe and listen to new episodes of Stand Up with Chris Stefano every Thursday, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Anyway, I took this trip. I went to Bali. Oh, yeah. I went to Bali, and and I was nervous. You know, I've never traveled anywhere by myself. 
like I've traveled by myself for work, but I never traveled by myself for just natural life, you know, for like a, an experience. And I went to Europe when I was in college. A girlfriend and I went to Europe uh, for two weeks. And then I've been other places, but only only with others. Never solamente, and that's Spanish for by yourself, one-timer. So I get, you know, I'm on my way. Simon Rex, some people know Dirt Nasty, the guy who really... You know, in L.A., it was a combination of, you know, him and Joe Rogan's and, um, you know, a couple other guys who really kind of Joey Diaz, Bobby Lee, Chris D'Elia, guys who really helped me kind of catch some traction in my own business in the past couple years. But Simon Rex was... uh the guy who told me, you got to go to Bali, man, you got to go to Bali. And he sent the videos, he's on like a little go-kart and, and it looks exciting. So I go and I take Korean airlines and look, I'm all excited. I'm excited to get on the plane. I've been on the keto diet for a month or six weeks. And, uh, and let me, here, let me just before I tell you about the plane, let me tell you about the keto diet before I forget. Here are some of my findings. So the no sugar, right? You got to stick to the keto diet. And I had, there were a couple times where I had some chocolate that was only like 60% cacao or whatever. And you're supposed to be at like 75%. But... Um, but anyway, here's what I found from that diet is you lose a lot of weight. I found I lost a lot of weight by staying off of anything processed and off of sugar. Like I got lean, like lean to where I had, I didn't know I could be as lean, like lean in my muscle. Like I could see things that I've just memories in my, like I started remembering shit. Like my brain got lean. Like it took the gristle right off my brain and, and suddenly I remembered maybe a gift that someone had gotten me a long time ago. Or I remembered somebody who maybe had held a door for me maybe, you know, seven or 11 years ago at a 7-Eleven maybe even. But I, it, was, it was interesting because it just took the, it took a lot of the fog out of me, I noticed, mentally. So mentally from being on the keto diet, a lot of the fog was lifted. I felt more energy more free energy because I'm always thinking, oh, I got to have these carbohydrates and this and that. And I'm not saying go do the diet. I'm saying, look, there's some downsides of it. I'll tell you in a second, but I just want to make sure that I let you know the experience that I had from a month on the keto diet. And the sugar, you know, I definitely noticed some withdrawals. Man, you want fucking sugar, boy. What is that, a sugar? What is that? Do you get if somebody whistles for a taxi, bro? You fucking, and they've been having a donut or a snack or a you know a something recently. You'll, you even in the do you hear somebody whistle and you fucking what is that? Oh, sugar lips over there. They had a sucker two weeks ago at the bank. You can hear it on their lips. You know you get real caught into you can you get jealous of it somebody. 
you see somebody leaving a, the store with a bag of bread and you, you follow them to their car. You don't even realize it. You follow them to their car. Like, what am I? And you kind of come out of a trance. What are you going to do? You're going to choke somebody out for a loaf? What are you going to do, you know? So you, get re, you do have some withdrawals. I got angry, I noticed. I get real spicy. Oh, real, real, real spicy with others. I mean, somebody said something, I don't like it, and I'll tell you, I don't, you know, I just make a face like, hmm, you know? Like somebody just been stuffing my, just been, just hiding a bunch of very, very, very young lemons in my fucking mouth. Mmm, I make a face like that. Mmm, mmm, boy, mmm, mmm. So you got your, you know, if, you, if you're one of the seven dwarfs, you grumpy. That's how it made me. It made me, you know, I had some withdrawals. But it made me very alert. It made me, when I woke up in the morning, I felt immediate energy and excitement. I didn't have to wake up. It was like I was either asleep or I was awake. And there wasn't a lot of like shifting gears in between the two. I was ready to go. You know, I felt like, um, I started to feel like a lot of foods and stuff really slow me down, really slow you down. It's almost like what you eat. It's like if you have a lot of bread, then you, you get breaded up. You know, you might feel, a, you know, it's like you're a little slower in the morning. You got a couple of baguettes in your step. You know, you got a couple of, uh, you're on the basketball court, you're a little slower. You got a couple of, of uh, croissants stuck in your crossover. You know, you know, you start to feel like, I start to notice whatever I eat is what that is. It, 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 it impacts my behavior or it impacts my motion, my fluidity or fluidity. So I started to notice that a hundred percent, you know, you might have a couple, um, you know, a little bit slower on the dance floor. If I've been having too much dessert, it kind of sticks to you. I, you know, I'll have a couple of creme brulees in my hip-hop parade, you know. Ho. Hey. Ho. So I noticed that kind of stuff. I, you know, I maybe have a little bit more, you know, I might have a couple, uh, um, you know, I might have some, I'm, I, I just have a little bit less, I'm less fluid. I'm kind of slowed down. And, and so those are some things that I noticed on the keto's diet. Um, some withdrawals from the sugar, much better energy, much better mental clarity. Very, very clear. Anger, more anger. Now at the same time, I was on Chantix, non-cigarette pills. And I mean, people, you, that, the anger... The anger could have been from the pills. You fucking kill, you know. You'll drive a car into a fucking shopping mall during a uh, during a Nike sale, you know, during a sale over there at uh, Estee Lauder's. So it's that kind of vibe, you know. So Chantix, you know, the non-cigarette pills, they'll make you do shit. So I shouldn't have been cross. I was cross-pollinating the different evacuations. I was trying to evacuate. Yeah, the sugar and the bread and the do the keto's diet. And I was also trying to evacuate uh, nicotine. So 
I think I spoiled, you know, I spoiled the, you know, I spoiled myself as a testing facility, but, but those are some things that I did notice immediately. My mental clarity was, was very clear, but I was very antsy. And some of that could have been just still withdrawals from the sugar. And I probably should have taken a little bit more time. Um, but I think I'm going to, I'm going to do it again. I'm just going to, I'm going to make sure that I'm not doing something else at the same time, like not mixing, uh, diets or not trying to evacuate, you know, sugar and cigarettes and, you know, alcohol or whatever else all at the same time, just because that all that's a lot. But those are some things that I noticed. Oh, I also noticed this less gas, less body gas. Um, you know, less body gas, man. I, if you got a gas come out of you, you you almost surprised. You're like, you know, you almost. It's like you know, it's like when you hear it's like hearing a knock at the door. You're like, oh, fucking, forgot I even had a door. Or if you hear a doorbell these days, not not as many people come over anymore. So, you know, you hear a doorbell, you're like, oh shit, what is that? Oh, I have a door. I forgot. I have a doorbell. I forgot. Usually you get a text. Somebody says I'm coming over. But to hear that old-fashioned, dude, back in the day, boy, when I was young and you heard that doorbell go off, boy, everybody tried to get to the door to see who it was. Every kid in the house, man. You could be doing, you could be crying. You all, you tear, you immediately, you dry your tears up. You put on some powder, whatever, flour, sugar, whatever you got to do to make it look like you wasn't crying to tighten up, to get to the first to the door. You could be in the other, you could be in a coma or pretending you're in a coma so you don't have to go to school. Fuck that. The doorbell goes off. Oh, shit. All my levels are legit. You yank that homemade IV out of your arm and run to the door. Your mom's like, well, I thought I thought you was dying. Boy, when the doorbell went off, you might have a sister that wasn't even born yet. She's still in the womb, right? Not when the doorbell got ding-donged, boy. She, you, you see her rappel from the, uh, you know, whatever that is, that lavender tightrope, the, um, the the uh umbilical you see her repel from that umbilical cord she's off to the damn door she don't even know how to walk she's just rolling over on her side when the doorbell went off it was like the special olympics boy because that shit was special because people didn't ring it that much and that shit was the olympics because everybody was trying to get there to see who it was who is it Somebody would yell in halfway to the door, like, it's for me. You don't even know. You're just trying to lay claim. You get there, dude. You get there. And you open that door, dude. And it was somebody. It was somebody, man. It was Jehovah's Witnesses, boy. And suddenly everybody was like, damn, man, it's the Lord. And he's going door to door. 
Different times, dude. I missed that when the doorbell went off. He just something happened to you. It kicked. It didn't matter what you were doing. Oh, your whole world was left behind when that doorbell went off. Because that was opportunity. There was an opportunity there. There was an opportunity. You didn't know what it was, and you were headed towards it. Um. I don't even know what I'm talking about, dude. So let me just get back into my trip. But that was the keto. So less body gas. Um, more clarity. Movement. I would move a lot faster, quicker. Much clearer to communicate. Anger, though. I found myself getting angsty. I didn't notice any drop-offs in my energy levels. I noticed a lot of lean, lean body. Lean. Um, what else? People say you get keto crotch or something or keto crotch. I didn't get it. My crotch seemed normal. My crotch has enough issues as is, you know, with that mild to, you know, kind of lowercase erectile dysfunction. My, you know, my, you know, my dick is not, I don't ever, I erectile, my dick is lazy though. I will say that I got that LD and you know, I'm saying if you walked in, you know, say you walked into work and a lot of dicks are supposed to be at their desk, you know, doing the typewriter, my dick would be over there by the wall, you know, maybe having a cigarette or something or lying to one of his coworkers, you know, trying to find. So those are some things that I noticed. I'm trying to think of anything else so I get real clear on what my experience was um, doing the keto. So just so you have... Just not that anybody's asking, but I do get, you know, messages saying, hey, what, you know, what's going on? So, um, and, oh, I started to notice immediately after about four days, five days, I started to notice how some sugar and some sugar candies were just too much, man. Like once I started to lose the palate for like a snicker or even, you know, you know, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, or uh, some NECA wafers. Once you started to lose that palate, man, when you looked at them again, you were like, oh, that looks nasty. And you know me, I love a baby snicker. Dude, if I go to heaven, you know, and the Lord lifts his skirt up, I hope a whole, you know, I hope about 30 baby snickers falls right out of his dress. And, and so when I... You know, when I started to look at these candies and it was just too much for me, I just, it was, you know, it was surprising. I was like, wow, now I see where that sugar is and it makes me, I don't want anything that sugary. It's too much. It felt fake. Um, and natural sugars, I started to really like the taste of like 80% cacao chocolate. The shit that you taste, you're like, damn, this ain't chocolate at first. But by the seventh day on keto, you're like, dang, that stuff is sweet. You start to really realize where sugar is everywhere. They'll put sugar on your fucking wife, bro, if they think you don't like her. And a lot of women use sugar. They know we, you know, you'll see a lady, she'll hide a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of milk duds or something on the back of her neck. She'll tape a fucking, uh, uh. Tape a, you know, a little a short stack of Starburst on the nape of her neck. Because they know sugar attracts men. 
you'll see a lady back in the day, she'll put her head on the side and put a couple drops of um of honey in her ear. That old-fashioned fucking keep-you-around sauce, you know? Because they know that sugar attracts. So, but that was my experience, man. That was my experience. And even I noticed like a tomato, if it were really good, it would taste really sweet. Um, and that was about as sugary as I got because you got to stay off fruit as well. Uh, there was a couple moments where I cheated. Like it would be, you know, I would have like a sunflower seeds and like a banana or something at night a couple times. Um, and that's just my experience. I hope to have a bigger and, and more wor- lengthy experience. But that's been my experience so far that I tried. So I'm on Korean Airlines and I'm in the sky. I'm on vacation. I'm ready to, you know, I'm taking it easy now. No more diets, no more this or that. Well, I get up there. They bring, and I, look, I got a first class seat. You know, I treated myself. This is my vacation I'm, you know, I got a little, it was nice. They had like a little magazine there in Korean. And that's nice because you know what? I don't even have to read it. If I see a magazine in English, I feel pressure. I'm like, fuck, man. I got to read that. Great. Here goes a bunch of reading I have to do. But I see a magazine in Korean. I'm like, bang, bang. Well, can't read it. Oh, well. So that immediately was relaxing to have a bunch of shit I couldn't read if I wanted to. And then we get cruising and they start bringing you food, right? And look, I have, I've had food in some different countries. I like different stuff. But man, I'll tell you, different people have different ideas of what food is. And Korean Airlines, amazing airline, comfortable, loving people, very kind. At one point in in the night, it was like a sixteen hour flight. I've fallen asleep. The lady put my blanket back on my on my on my on my shoulder. But the food they had on this Korean airline just left a lot to be desired. They they first of all they bring you a bunch of little dishes of things. I don't even know what it is. Something. Look like paint. It looked like I, I thought they wanted me to do an art. You know, but next thing I know, I see people around me spooning all of the different colors into their mouth. The one thing I recognize, a dish of uh, jalapenos. <laughs> and that was like the nicest. They had a bowl had fish in it. The fuck is this? And chopsticks. And I've had fish sticks. Okay, don't get me wrong. I've had them, but I've never had them where you got to do the math yourself, where you got to get in the bowl and catch them. I thought I was at the carnival. All I needed was a dude on some fucking middle-range methamphetamine standing there next to me. Uh, You know, I I wouldn't be surprised somebody's throwing ping-pong balls to win the damn dinner while I'm trying to eat it. This, it was, it was bizarre, especially when you, when you are ready to relax, and somebody shows up to you with something that is not relaxing. Man. They had something. I'd never seen it before. I didn't know if it was a vegetable. I didn't know if it was if it was mountain lion. I didn't know if it was a meat. I don't know if it was an idea. 
I didn't know if it was granite. I had no idea what it was. Could have been chocolate. Could have been a dessert. Could have been an epitaph. Could have been, fuck, I don't know. Could have been something, could have been siding. Could have been, you know, something they were waiting to be tested on a uh, Forensic Files episode. I have no idea. That's what all the trays, I had no idea what was going on. So they don't know, man. And and, and some then they bring you the set. I thought that was the whole meal. I, you know, I had three or four jalapenos, did a little prayer, and then I pushed the thing aside. Then they bring the plate back and put take all those things away, put more shit on them. And they, dude, look, I, at this point, I don't know what's going on. I thought I was on a really bad game show. I thought Howie Mandel was going to pop out from behind the seat. I mean, they had cattails. They had, uh, they had a little stack of uh, like look like damn aardvark snouts or something with a uh, you know kind of a geriatric you know bouillabaisse base uh, peppermint remoulade on them. It was crazy, man. It was uh, it was too much for me, man. Now, also, I'll tell you this: everybody on the plane was Asian. Everybody on the plane was Asian. Everyone, because I was going to Bali, Indonesia, but I was going through Korea. That was the flight I could get that was most fair price. So, you know, I saw him going through Korea and everyone but me. I'm thinking, you know, I'll get on the plane. There'll be some other Americans. We'll be kind of excited or I'll see some uh, in uh, Balinesian people. No, none of them. None of that. I get on. And it's just all Korean. And beautiful people. You know, especially the flight attendants. Man. And just so... I'll tell you, the the cleanest airplane I've ever been on in my life. Korean Airlines. You walk into the restroom. As soon as you leave, one of the the, uh, flight attendants walks in after you. Cleans up the restroom. You need something, they pop up. And they all look, they have a very... And... From my perception, you can tell a Korean person, or this is how I have, I think, they're, they have very white look to the skin, some of them. You know, and they almost put a makeup on. Some of them look almost like, if you've ever been a mortuary, you ever had somebody that died, a couple people that died or something. And they, you know, they put that, uh, they do a little bit of light kind of plaster of Paris on them. They got that, you know, a lot of these Korean flight attendant ladies have that deceased but fine, like hot and deceased, you know? Like, damn, she's dead, you know? Like, kind of fine, but it's just the way, it's their makeup style. It's Whereas we go for more, like, tan in the U.S., they go for more of a pure kind of color, white. And, man, it it looked... I mean, I felt like I was in like that movie, My Girl, you know, I was like Macaulay Culkin, dude, it was beautiful. I was hoping to fucking let some bees loose on the flight and, you know, maybe meet a lady. They were beautiful over there, but they have that mortuary style look, you know, very red lipstick, big, beautiful eyes and kind of uh, flower kind of they put like a like a light flower on like a white color. Um, what else, man? So we, yeah. But anyway, then I get there and, uh, and Bali was cool, man. It's very relaxing. 
I stayed in a place called Changu, and I got me a little, uh, I got there at midnight. It was real quiet. You know, I get to the hotel, and like, there's literally some boy standing there, no shoe, uh, with uh, no shoes on and like a nightgown, waiting for me. And I thought, like, damn, I ended up in some kind of a, um, you know, I was nervous to talk to him. He worked for the hotel. I didn't want to end up in a damn, you know, sexual ring or something, disorganized sex thing or something with, uh, you know, with some of these, you know, people doing all that. I would never do anything like that. So, but he was just, he worked for the hotel and it was just real peaceful. And you go back there in the back and they had all these beautiful trees and, and they put me into this, into this hotel room and it was just relaxing. And I just got some rest. And I stayed there for a couple of days, went down to the beach in the morning, went to yoga, got in the water. Man, it was really cool. But you, they had a lot of uh, construction going on, a lot of construction, a lot of Western kind of ideals coming. You could see it. And you could see the people there like working hard because there was a lot of money coming in, the Balinesian people. But you could also see how this place was going to change into a place that they could never get back the place they once had, you know. Um, and so some of that was kind of sad. You know, I was like, wow, this is such an amazing place, but it's it's starting to get run over by business and you know, it made me think a lot about, well, when do we, when do we stop doing things because it's, because business isn't important, you know? Like, at what point do we, is it not about the business? You know, what point is it about the love of a place? Like, at what point do you say, oh, I'm not going to build a damn CVS right here? Because they got, because this is a beautiful place to look at. It just made me think, you know, about some of that. Like, man, because it was beautiful. You know, you see the fa- the father going by, and he's got the two kids on the back of the scooter, and they're just the kid. You know, one of the kids is so young he can't even. The wind is making his eye. It's too much for him to keep his eyes open, and his beautiful dark hair just blowing in the wind, and. And that one, the other kid is maybe two, three years older, and he's a little more experienced, so he can keep his eyes open. And they're all just holding on to dad. And uh, yeah, and it just made me think, man, in, in, in two years, you know, there'll be a dang Subway sandwich right here by these rice patties, where right there they had these beautiful rice fields. And next thing you know, they're going to have a Subway sandwich over there. And uh, that was just interesting. It's like, when is it okay? Like, how do you know? I guess it's just zoning and I guess it's their choice. It has nothing to do with me, but it just made me think that about a lot of things. How a lot of things go by the wayside because there's opportunity for business. And at what point do we start to make laws or regulations or just choices as humans? To say, man, this isn't that important. Is it that important to have 7G LTE phone? So I can keep in touch with my sibling or somebody or Janet or Larry? 
or Zaveldrin or anybody, Sherlisha, anybody, Quan, Doris, anyone. How fast do I need to keep in touch with them? I haven't seen them in two years. But how fast do I need to have that upload? How many more trees got to go down so we could get the more towers so we could, you know, at what point do we say, ah, it's not worth it. It's worth it to, you know, to not have this much technology. It's worth it to re-embrace our, you know, what we, who we are as humans. And, and maybe that's just crazy thinking. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm on a computer right now. I'm communicating over camera and video camera, but. It just made me think that, man, looking at that place. And, dude, it was cool. You'd be out by the beach, and they had uh, one thing I noticed about Bali. They had dogs with nuts on them running around, just like when you were a kid. Remember that? Remember how nice it was? You see a dog rolling by with them big-ass fucking, with them big-ass, with that hanging sack of b-hole tits, them nuts, boy. <laughs> bro i remember that dude you see and then they have uh you know then some rich people came moved in on accident to your neighborhood they stayed for one month and their dog didn't even have any nuts and you'd be like what where's your dog's nuts at but bali you got at night you see six or seven dogs running the street Maybe one of them have a little deck of cards under his arm. And one of them got the cigarettes. You know, we're doing a, uh, uh, the Chewbacca, the chewing tobacco. And they're going to have some fun. And they got their nuts and everything. They're still living life. That's Bali, baby. They got nature's loose here. Not America where you got a bunch of, bunch of freakaniques over there cutting animals' nuts off. What's going on in America? You we're cutting off an animal's nuts? When I was young, you had a, everybody that had male dog. Didn't matter. Dogs out there doing sex with everything. You see a dog uh, out there, male dogs doing it all. Meeting, you know, you see three or four dogs doing it all. Doing a little, you know, not a, um, you know, doing that little a little bark bus. You know, you see three dogs in a row humping. They called it humping. You see three dogs humping each other. No women in it, maybe, or two women. Who knows? Everybody had nuts back then. And it was just more beautiful. That's how you learn about it, too, as a kid. You see a couple dogs doing sex. You're like, oh, you know, maybe I can do that one day. Maybe I can be somebody. You know, like Muffin over there or like, uh, you know, like Kibbles over there. Maybe I can be somebody like one of them. It was just a different deal. And it was just, you know, and that's what I liked about Bali. You see a whole flock of dogs going off to do something. They had ideas because you take the nuts off of something. The idea is kind of, hey. The ideas kind of lose the wheels. But not these Balinesian bad little barkers. These little wolf wolves. These boys was out there flexing. And even the ladies, you saw some of the ladies, you know, some maybe some uh 
some Dalmatians, a couple of Dalmatians kind of roll by. And they spotting the dudes in the distance. And they flirting. They because they because the the energy's still out there. They still got nuts on the table. And it was it was just good to see, man. It was really nice to see to remember what that was like. Because when I grew up, that's how you learned about sex. You see a couple animals doing it. And they were having fun, man. And you whistle at them or somebody, you know, toss a little stick at them. But it was different. It was everything. It was a different time, man. But God, there was nothing more fun than when you were young. If you were bored in the neighborhood, at least a couple dogs come over by you and do sex for an hour. or Something gave you something to kind of... Not be a part of, but at least you felt like, you know, like a, like a member of society. You felt like a man. And there's something special. Uh, and that, 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 that energy is still alive over there in Bali. And I was over there in Changu, and that's something you can see in Bali, is the local dogs still getting at it, being hard. Uh, what else, man? What else was it like there? Oh, Greg Oden was on my flight. So, and he is a basketball player. And he played for Ohio State. And so he was on the flight. And I was excited. Right when I saw him, I saw him years ago. I did a show at Michigan State University. And he was, this is when he was playing basketball. And he went on to play for some different teams. He played for... I don't know if it was the Pacers. He played for uh, Memphis, I think, almost. He had a lot. Uh, you know, he had kind of a hectic career. Maybe Philadelphia even. He had kind of a hectic. Oh, no, the, the Trailblazers. He had a hectic career. You know, he just had some physical uh, limitations or, you know. I mean, he just, he, he's a giant. He's a giant amongst men. And so, but I saw him on the plane right when I got on. I recognized him. Him and his wife were going over on vacation, and that was pretty cool. Uh, but he had just had a nice energy about him. And then I went up after him, and, I'm, you know, I know Maurice Claret came on the podcast one time, and they're both from the same area. I said, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a friend of Maurice's, and, and, um, and I texted Maurice. I said, Greg Oden is on my plane. And he said, oh, that's my man. Go tell him, hey. So I was so nervous, man, because there's something about meeting like a, a, a basketball player, somebody real tall, I think, that makes regular heighted people nervous. And so I was nervous, but I went over and said hello. And, um, and so that was, it was just kind of cool to meet like a giant and like a legend like that. Oh, what else? What else? Oh. Oh, Bali, another thing in Bali, you, you can order, they have an app you can use in Changu. In Changu, they have, they have like, it's real peaceful. And it's about 40 minutes from the airport. And the beach is right there. And there's nothing real commercial on the beach. You go get in, there's no lifeguards, you might die. But they believe in reincarnation there. So you die, you know, you're back an hour later. I mean, you're a toddler and you're a fucking, you know, you might be a lizard or a lizard or whatever down the street, but you're alive, you know, you, but that's kind of neat that they have that there. Um, but it was good. I would recommend it. And then we went and saw the rice patties one day. 
uh, Ari, my feature, came and surprised me because I left my retainer in America, and he brought it over. And so that was cool. And then I went to an AA meeting one day there. And what else? Oh, they had a, a, a friend, a couple friends of Simon Rex just kind of took me around. So anyway, a lot of name dropping in this one. Um, and then, and then I, just, I don't want to forget to tell you guys whatever else happened, but I'm getting kind of tired of talking about myself. Hmm. What else? You can get a good deal there. You can get a good villa, you know, a couple hundred dollars a night, which I know is expensive. But if you're really splurging on yourself and and taking a vacation, you can get a villa where you have your own little place and your own pool, your own little pool in your little yard. And, I, dude, I didn't, there was two days I don't think I saw anybody. The guy from the front brings you breakfast. This dude, Dewa. He brought in the meals, you know, and he had beautiful eyes, young guy. Wish he was a woman, but he wasn't. You know, wouldn't mind seeing a little bit of tits, you know. And anything else about that place? Oh, one thing I noticed. uh, Let me see this. Religion in Bali. The religion in Bali, um, a lot of Buddhists, Hinduism. And they believe once you die, you come back. So they live with a different set of values. Like to them, everything isn't so severe. Because if shit, you get hit by a truck, lucky you. Now you get to be a four-month-old again. You're going to have a tit in your mouth in an hour. You know, you're in your 30s. You get, you know, somebody, you get hit by a fucking arrow in the neck. Lucky you. 40 minutes later, you a newborn over there in Kuala Lumpur. And you got a tit in your mouth and you back in the ball game. So it's kind of the, so you, you live with a whole different mindset. You don't live with this mindset that like everything's on the line right now. You live with a mindset like, oh, I'm just, once again, I'm passing through existence. I've been alive for who knows how long. And once again, I'm passing through existence. And this time I'm a a plant or this time I'm a young woman or this time I'm a king or this time I'm a warrior or this time I'm a baby that doesn't even make it through birth. But you build up these experiences inside of you. And those are the. And those become the. The colors of your soul kind of those become the the patterns and the textiles and the and those become the 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 pine needles and the and 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 the stray piece of of yarn that make up the bird's nest of whoever you are these imprints through time, you know, through different existences. And just interesting, man. It's, and it was, so then when you notice that when you're interacting with the, a lot of the Balinesian people, you notice that. Like, man, why is this person so calm? Because there's nothing on the line, man. And that peace was just, it was beautiful. I mean, it really was.
beautiful to see their joy when there's not when it doesn't matter man when it's just they know that you know that they're that that it's not it's not life or death um it was interesting and they, look and i could be you know I'm, I'm not denouncing any other religion but it was nice to just see that that level of faith and what that feels like and for that connection to see you know i am a proponent of faith i am and um and so it was just nice to see man it's beautiful to see real beautiful to be in that in that environment and see people to be at peace and it made me think more about the peace that i want to have you know because uh you know i have been a little stressed out this year i mean a lot dude a lot actually and sometimes i want to have more peace in my life but a lot of that is just me turning it over to a faith or to a higher power and letting it out of my own you know just quit trying to control everything i mean sometimes i just get a little sick of myself you know um what else i haven't even gotten australia yet i want they have one other thing that was real cool in bali that i noticed was you can go get coffee luwak they got a place called luwak coffee where they have mongooses and a mongoose is like a ferret that, you know, it's like a ferret. Like, say if you mix, like, Andrew Dice Clay and a ferret, that's a mongoose. You know, they're real edgy. You know, they're real. They might do, be doing a fucking Winston or, you know, you know, just attacking a lady or doing whatever. You know, they're wild. So, um... So anyway, they had mongoose and they eat these coffee beans. Uh, and they do, they do them out their body, out the back door, duty. And once they got them out, the people take the beans because the beans, the mongoose doesn't digest the bean. And so the bean comes out their body. They take the bean, wash it off, wash off the rest of the, you know, the mong, where the mong go, you know, the, where the, the mongoose, mong doos, the mong doo-doo, they wash it off and they take that bean and then they make coffee out of it and you buy it. So you got that special duty hitter, bro, you know? So, uh, but that's a real thing. It's called luwak, that luwak coffee, and you can look it up. And that's beans have been straight out that mongoose gut. So you got that colon hitter. So sometimes coffee makes you feel like you have to go to the bathroom. Well, this coffee already went to the bathroom, so you're safe, I guess. Um, I haven't even gotten to Australia yet. I wonder if I should just wait until I get back to tell you about what Australia was like. I'll tell you right now, I'm in Perth, and I'm in Western Australia, and it kind of reminds me of Denver, and it's beautiful. And the tour's been wild, man. We've been staying at some nice places, and... It's crazy. You stay at a nice hotel, you know, it's three, $400, you know, a night. Like, I, dude, at this price, I'm not even going to sleep. The, you know, I, I lay down for a half hour. That's $40 worth of freaking money. So you feel like you got to stay awake and just enjoy the whole room. You know, I, I drank probably a gallon and a half of water out of the faucet earlier. Trying to decide... 
you know, if it tasted better than if you went like a, uh, you know, I'm usually stay at the Best Western or the Hampton Inn. And Hampton Inn, they got good water right out the tap, bro. But the, sh and I, the shit here is a little better. I did notice that. Um, but yeah, I'll do, in this room, you do all kind of stuff. You look at the plants, they got a plant. They got another plant right over there, two plants. What? It's almost like a damn farm. It's like a little, so you stay awake because you don't want to miss a thing. You and I dream of you. Sweetest dream we'll never do. I still miss you, baby. Oh, so yeah, being in a nice hotel room is definitely a different vibe. Um, but I don't want to get too used to it, you know. I don't want to get too used to it. Uh, but yeah, it's been good. We went to Sydney the first night. It was like two thousand people at a theater, and dude, it blew my balls open. I mean, it blew my balls open like a damn Polynesian beach dog. So it just was crazy. And then we went to Melbourne. And just cool fans, man. Not fans, but just cool supporters of this past weekend that came out of the pot. Like, I don't know, man. It just blows my mind. It's hard to really connect the dots. Like how, you know, we talk about stuff on here and then it just, we live it out in the world. You know, they had a young guy who had been on the podcast episode, I think 139 or something. And he called in about losing weight. And he lost 30 pounds since then. This kid named Jamie. It's good to see him in person. I remember talking to him on the phone. Just so crazy. And then here he was live, and we were in each other's lives. They had a guy that came out uh, in Melbourne. And I'll say this. The Melbourne shows were in a, they put him in like a, almost like a student. It looked like a place where you would do a school. You know, like a, they didn't have any theaters available, so they put it at like a convention center. And it was the, the audience was awesome. The people that came were awesome. The people that I met, amazing, kind. But the, uh, the venue, I thought it was nice, but it was just kind of a shit place to see comedy. Comedy is something that needs to be in an environment that where the walls and can appreciate it. And these places was kind of a thing, something you do anything. You could do whatever in there. It just seemed like general, a general space that didn't have any, like the walls had no desire or care of their own. Like the walls just looked like they didn't even know who their parents were, you know, or like they had parents. They just seemed kind of like somebody had built a box for us to, to do anything in. We could have done a murder in there. We could have made soup. We could have done anything. You know, we could have. We could have done anything, just stood in the corner and lied to each other. It could have been whatever. But but then we came, where else did we go? To Sydney, Melbourne, Perth. That's where we are now. And we have one show here last night, and it was fire. And we had two other shows in Sydney. We went back and forth. And, um, and the shows have all been cool, man. It's been really cool. I just wish the venue in, in Melbourne had been different. But in the future, maybe we'll hope for a different venue. I'm not complaining at it. It just wasn't ideal for comedy. And, yeah, and they had a guy who came out who would just say, you know, he said, he said, hey, man, I lost my mother and my sister in the past year. And 
you know, your podcast has really been awesome. Uh, there's just moments of it where it's cool and it makes me feel okay. And that really made, that really was, that was really cool. And I think he's supposed to send me a message online, but I didn't get it. Uh, so if you hear that, brother, will you send that again just so I can, um, so I can keep my eyes open for you, for it. I'd love to catch up. Uh, but yeah, just cool, man. You know, just, uh, I wish we had more time to meet everyone. It just, you know, it's a lot of traveling. It's a lot of quick movement. It's a new country and people are so polite here. It almost feels like I'm on a prank show. A lot of times people are so kind. Uh, and Chris Lilly came out, dude, what? If you have not seen Summer Heights High, it's absolutely wonderful. Somebody last night brought me his other movie called We Can Be Heroes. I've never seen it. Um, but imagine getting to meet like George Washington or something. Just somebody who just was like a next, somebody who you just, they blow your mind when you watch them do creativity. And that was him for me, man. He's like, it's like, it's like meeting a shark outside of the water. Or it's like seeing a seahorse at an arcade. He just, there's something so rare about that guy, Chris Lilly. And he has a new show, Lunatics. And I urge you to start with his old stuff and migrate forward with it. So you can get the full vastness of who that man is. One of a kind, man. One of a kind. Um, but anyway, sorry to be talking about myself so much. Uh, you know, one thing that's interesting that you know, there's, there's costs with every opportunity. Like this is, it's been awesome. Obviously being over here, we still have another week of shows to do, but it's been, I kind of miss sometimes just being at the comedy store, you know, like a year ago, I was just, I was at the comedy store four nights a week and I just got to be there every week and, you know, just see all my buddies and see like the other comedians and, and you start to feel a little bit like not left out, but You know, life just goes on, man. Life just life goes on. You know, that's why it is such a it's not critical, but it is it's such a unique opportunity. It's a unique opportunity we have here. And maybe we get it again. But even if we get it again, it's just such a unique opportunity. When you look at all the rest of the energy out in the world and the outer space and the ground and plants and ants and, and you see that we get to be at this forefront of this ability to be able to connect with one another and, and hug someone or let somebody know we care about them or, or miss somebody. Even missing some, something or missing somebody is... What a unique thing that is, you know. Like I miss my friends at the comedy store. I miss just being there and just hearing some of them laugh or something. I mean, it sounds gay as, but, you know, or just seeing them in the hallway or, you know, getting to give, you know, they have the uh, Eleanor, Eleanor Kerrigan as a comedian. I always give her a hug every time. She always is very sweet and. You know, Steve Simone is always up there, and I see him all the time, and it just, are just different people's faces. My buddy Adam Egot, who works over there, and he's really troubled, just like me, and we, 
you know, it's just, it's interesting. Missing people is interesting. You know, not to mention Coco Diaz, you know, and I mean, just getting to see Rogan and Dali and just even see what they're, you know, talking to them is like trying to talk to a comet or talk to a shooting star. You know, they're just, there's so much going on in their lives, but it's, it's good. But even just have that moment with them, just to touch base and shake hands or give a hug or see Bobby Lee. You know, it's funny. I didn't realize how much the comedy store is kind of like my home sometimes. Um... Today's episode is brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Ridge Wallet is a it's a wallet and you and you may not have one and it's a you know a lot of times a wallet will be something you you hear about. Oh, I heard, you know, you hear about that wallet and it'll be but but when you think about it it's in the back of someone's pants. You know, what's something else you keep in the back of your pants? You know? duty maybe gum if you sat in gum so why would you keep your wallet back there well ridge has that new front pocket carry and ridge wallet is a it's a it's like a holster it's like a holster for your money and your goods and you can go to ridgewallet.com slash hitter and you will get 10 percent off that order and you want that front pocket carry you want to be able to keep all your your id your uh, credit cardery, all of that, keep it in that front pocket. Nobody's stealing something out of your front. Who is? Maybe your wife, maybe. And they're going to get it anyway, so you might as well give them that easy access and at least put access to your money right up near your D. You feel me? And that's old-fashioned uh, math right there. RidgeWallet.com slash hitter for 10% off. But yeah, just such a neat opportunity, and I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for this opportunity. You know, to think, man, I, I came to another country and got to meet, like, one of my favorite creation, creators, Chris Lilly. And I don't think the guy knows how much, how amazing I think he is and how rare in the world he is, I think. If you don't know, go get in him. Find Summer Heights High. Find Jonah from Tonga. Angry Boys. Go find one of these things. And get into this strange man's universe. And then come to Australia. And you're going to have such a unique experience. I went to an Australian rules football game yesterday. You know, there's a, there's a, I'll finish with this little uh, deal. Um, and thank you to everybody in Australia that's come out. And, and all the people that have bought tickets to all the other shows in the U.S. I, I think the only shows that we're still trying to sell tickets for are in, uh, are in Norway which I don't even fucking know where that is, man. As sad as that is, I don't even know. Uh, Norway and uh, Stockholm, Sweden. But this, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so this happened. So we, we flew in to Perth, and it was like maybe a four or five hour flight. And man, we... Had it before. I got home maybe like one the morning before. Got to bed by about two thirty. Uh, you know, had to be downstairs at seven, so not not too crazy, but kind of a busy morning. Get to the airport. We get to wherever. We get to Perth, which I mean, it, it's on the other side of Australia, and um, we get here and they have 
We get, oh, they lost one of my bags. So, and that's fine. That happens, which was so funny because there was like 40 open seats on the plane. So, so just makes you wonder how it all works out, but that's what happened. And then, so we get there, we have to deal with the lost bag. Then we get into a rental car and there's an alarm on the car that like one of those things when the doors open, it just blinks like it makes a, but all the doors were closed. So it just had that going on the whole time we're driving it. And you know, I had a 1984 Ford Escort for a while and there was a, it got stuck on a Christian Christian music station and you couldn't turn it off. So every time I drove that car, it had Christian music going. And I had that car for about four years. So, and talk about trying to get, I mean, especially in high school, you're trying to get a, get a little bit of uh, of uh, LAID, you hear me, in case there's any children watching this. But I'm talking about full-on sexual. The last thing you want on the radio Christian music, because that's the opposite of sexual, boy. So that stuff was hard, you know. Not as hard as I was, duck eye, but it was hard. But anyway, the, um, man, I don't even know if I remember how to be a podcast, be a podcast guy. The, anyway, fucking, we get there, that takes forever, the bag, then the, the beeping thing, I get to the hotel, I about lost my mind. I was just stressed, tired, wanted to take a nap. I go walk to the coffee shop, and there's a, a sport here called Australian Rules Football. And I've been messaging with one of the players for a couple months, this guy Mitch, that plays for the Brisbane Lions. And so um, he said he'd invited me to come to a game, and I didn't know if I could make it or not. And I was just all tired. I was like, I don't know if I – I couldn't even find his uh, – his, uh, I couldn't find his Instagram message and our, our – our messages and then I walk to a coffee shop down the street and he's in the coffee shop and so and then he it was great because he was such a such a neat guy and he invited me to the game got me a ticket so next thing you know three hours later I go get a nap I go to the to the game and I'm sitting up in the stands by myself watching Australian rules football dude the stadium was beautiful looked like I was on the moon I felt like I was on the moon it's like a perfectly kind of round stadium. It was just, it was amazing. They lost by one point, but it was a great game. But here it was, like all this whole morning, I'd been all frustrated. Man, the bag is lost. Now we got to wait for the baggage thing at the airport and this fucking beeping for 20-minute car ride. This shit won't do nothing. And it reminded me of Christian, the Christian music, and it made me want to fuck a little. And so then I'm tired, and I want to fuck, but the music's going on, and I'm by myself except for Ari and the uh, and uh, and the guy who's driving us over there. And I'm just like, man, I could have been taking a nap. I'm so tired. I I'm just at my wits' end. But if all that hadn't happened, that had slowed us down because we stopped the car three or four times to try and fix the alarm. <laughs> Then I don't. Then I'm not at the coffee shop at the right time. I don't run into the um, to the Brisbane Lions or Australian League football team, Australian rules, and I don't end up at the at the game. So it just made me just kind of just like it just like was a moment that was like, man. As much as I want to try and control things, the path that I'm on. You know, there's great opportunities if I can just relax and just be on this path. 
Perth. 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 It's kind of like path a little bit. But anyhow, I've been rambling a little bit. I don't, I don't even know how to do this anymore. Just so crazy. We're going to be in a new studio whenever we get back home. Um, but in the meantime, I'm going to get back out here in Australia. I'm going to go take a walk and I'll just enjoy this environment that I'm in. And just what a blessing. And this has just been awesome, man. Just to get to be out here in the world. And, uh, and just so many nice people that just come up and care. And, um, and I just want to say thanks. You know, thank you so much, man. I care too. You know, and I care about so many of the, so many people that come out and, um, and I wish I could just find more ways to express that sometimes. And in the future, I think that, that, uh, that I will, but but I'm going to do the best I can to take advantage of uh, of this path that we're on. So you guys be good to yourselves. We don't have any intro and outro music. I don't have any. Everything's not hooked up. But I'm grateful to Ari Manis, my, uh, the other comedian working with me This uh, that's here. And, uh, and I'm sure there's a lot of stuff that I'm forgetting. I'll try to think of more of it later. But. But this is the first uh, episode ever of this past weekend live from Australia or unlive. I don't know what it's called if it's not live, but it's, you know, almost live, almost live from Australia, man. This Perth out here. You guys be good to yourselves, man. You guys deserve it. And uh, and thank you. A lot of cool stuff. We got, uh, I think, Biloxi, Mississippi that just sold out over uh, the weekend. Happy Memorial Day. Uh, to all the men and women of service in, in every country, in Australia, in Korea, in the U.S. Um, you know, I do notice that Australian people have a lot of Australian pride, and it's cool to see. And that's something that I, don't, that I hope we don't lose in America. You know, we shouldn't lose pride in being, in being American. I feel like a lot of times that, you know, there's forces out there that want to take that away from us or sell our pride off or trick us into believing that feeling like being able to be in America or live in our, whatever our country is. If your country's Australia or America or Korea or Guam or Vietnam or Viet Guam, that you should be able to be proud of that. You should be able to be proud of that. And it's cool to see you get over here too and you wonder like, a lot of people over here, they recognize that the media is really tricky and, you know, you start to realize that, okay, there's a, a lot of people are questioning what's going on in the world these days, in this electronic world. And that's what's neat about to get over here and get some human connection with one another. Because you see, okay, okay, you guys kind of see this is happening to you guys too, huh? This is happening to us. This is, Yeah. Oh, yeah, the media, they, the news wants us at war. If we end up at war, they get to cover it. They're in business forever. They're in business till the end. Sorry, I'm, I'm rambling and I'm getting probably a little bit political. Maybe not, but anyway, you guys be good to yourselves, man, and thank you so much for, uh, for this opportunity. Um, what a ride, dude. What a ride. What a friggin' ride, dude. What a ride. Love you. 
I'm just sitting on your front porch Wondering how could I be so far from my home And my mind is somewhere else But when I find it I'll patch up where it's been blown Now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake And let myself unwind gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have 
A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a big flurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. I think Tom Hanks just butt dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.